Trending news right now. Talking what's happened in social media on uh, looking at the last 24 hours today, Tuesday, we're joined by Busisi Khatebe, uh, SABC digital content creator and social commentator. How are you today, Khatebe? Uh, I'm good, thanks, Asa. How are you? Um, all right, thank you. Happy I'm in Tuesday. The dark, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, gotcha. they said load shading from 9 till 5. I don't know. I got lucky this time. I left the house and the lights were still on and everything. What time did it strike? Uh, two. So I think four o'clock. Yeah, four o'clock will be will be fine. Okay. By the time I get home at half past five or so. You'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe it actually hit before, like just as I left, because I normally leave around two. Maybe it did. And yeah. then, yeah. So when you get back, at least, you know, it will be back up. And I understand today also it's going to be in the evening, but we're not sure what the times are. But anyway, we shall aluta continua. Yes. And another, you know, aluta continua that's needed is with Sudan, because honestly, uh, yeah, it's it's just burning down to the ground. I don't even know where to start. We've got so many issues in Africa. Kenya is dealing with a drought as well. But this one yes. we have to talk about. I mean, it's ex- absolutely important uh, that we do. So, I mean, news from yesterday, Sudan declaring... Uh, a state of emergency after the military has taken over there. Uh, yeah. There was a power-sharing administration, but it's now dissolved. Uh, wh- what uh, are we making of this? You know, Asa, it's, it's very unfortunate that this is the second time that Sudan is hit by, you know, a coup. Um, in 2019, it's when, you know, they, were, they got rid of Omar al-Bashir, who also, you know... Somehow managed to get in those ways, and it seems like it's a trend now. Asa, and I think the the trend is that um, military power just takes over to get rid of the regime that you know they are not happy with, and it just shows that you know democracy. There's a lack of democracy because mm-hmm. um, obviously we should be voting in our presidents via the ballot, but you know in in most of these countries. Um, in our continent, it seems, you know, that democracy has failed the people. It's not the first this year alone. There were three others, um, you know, early, uh, from around September, which was, you know, Guinea. There was one in Mali, as you know. So it's, it's just a, it's a trend. And in Chad also, it's a worrying trend, Asa. It's a mm. worrying trend because what happens then when the military is in charge is it, it, going to be free and fair democracy for the citizens. Yeah. And it is a challenge because what do you do? I mean, they've basically tried all there is to try. If they had a transitional government that involves both the military as well as civilian members and in that power sharing administration, and that still doesn't work, what is next? Well, you know, the leader who took over yesterday, um, he's saying that, you know, they, 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 they dissolving the the military civilian the sovereign council, um, so they, they 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 want to find a way to to fix the country. You know, he's promising that elections will be held in July 2023, and then they will hand over um, the power to an elected civilian government. Then, so only after July 2023. So they're dissatisfied with the military-civilian sovereign council. What are the chances they're going to be uh, happy with the results of those elections that are due in July 2023? As we see, as you say, there's no unity. 
There's no unity, but even with the citizens, Asa, because the youth, they are the ones, you know, and many other opposition who are opposed to this coup. Um, and, you know, there were protests as well, which led to seven people, uh, unfortunately, dying or being killed and, you know, over 100 people injured. So, um, I don't know. Um, the main opposition on Twitter, um, you know, they, a lot of people are using social media to, to speak out. They're calling for peaceful actions in the streets, you know. So the, the, there was a coup and then there was a protest to overthrow the military takeover. So, you know, you're finding just it, it, it seems like it's a, it's a mess because, you know, there's demonstrations everywhere. Of course, everybody has something to say uh, within the country. The Beja tribes of Sudan, they're saying they're supporting the military takeover. The, the country's yes. professionals association are calling for people to unite. The Sudanese yes. Pilots Union, they've declared uh, an aviation strike as a result of this. Uh, should yes. uh, should uh, the people uh, in Sudan be given more of a voice in terms of what needs to happen from here on. We know they need the voice in terms of their lives. And, I mean, there have been strikes, as you say, because of that. They want their voices to be heard. But when it comes to now where to from here, should it be in the hands of, I guess, these uh, impactful groups and associations within the country before we even go to what the AU and the UN and everybody else is saying? I think so, because, you know, I mean, um, the country is made up of the main political party, and then there's also oppositions, you know, uh, like any parliament. So they should be taking it to parliament. They should be taking it to, you know, the people, taking it to the political parties. Because, as you mentioned, there are people who are speaking out against it, including the two main political parties. You know, they condemned this uh, coup. And it's not just them, even the AU, you know, they're saying that um, the political leaders should be released and human rights respected. Mm. But it seems as I, I don't know how then the, how it would be handed back to people because, you know, as I mentioned before, it's a trend now, this uh, coup. Um, it's the second time it's hitting Sudan um, since 2019. What's to say that even after those elections or whoever they give it to, the military will not be satisfied, they pull another coup or, you know. So what will satisfy the military Mm. um, is what I want to know for them not to do this again. How impactful are the voices of the regional uh, leaders, their calls, the Egypt, Saudi Arabia and Qatar who have come forward and also called for a back to normalcy? Yes, even, you know, the Britons, the France, they've also called that. Um, the United Nations will be meeting and they'll be talking, I think, later today. Um, I don't think there is much of a difference. You know, we've seen a pattern where there will be an outrage and, you know, they'll be, they'll be calling um, the actions out. But sometimes it even goes as far as sanctions then being imposed on countries as a, when, you know, the military still does not listen to the to the outrage or the condemnation. And already Sudan is, is affected by a lot of things. It's impacted by economic issues and economic problems. So now imagine if the condemnation, nothing comes out of it, and then sanctions are then imposed. It will mean more suffering for the people because it's the people in the ground who actually other ones, the citizens who suffer at the end of the day. Yeah, let's uh, 
I guess, echo the sentiments of that song we played, that Bob Marley song, Africa Unite. I don't know uh, what this will play out to be, but for the people of Sudan, it needs to play out favorably. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Let's talk... Yeah. Hopefulness, yeah. Mm. What's happening in our country? Uh, the Sfiso Meiwa, uh, brother of Senzo Meiwa, talking and saying that police have got the wrong suspects. We know there's quite a few, five suspects who were charged with the murder of uh, this uh, late soccer star, Senzo Meiwa. Yes. They appeared in the Gauteng High Court yesterday. Uh, tell us more. Yes. Um, you know, even before... Um, so Senzo, he, he was killed in 2014, and the family, um, the father was championing the, 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 the call for justice to be brought, for, for people to be arrested. And it seemed like nothing was happening until he, he passed on in 2019, um, Senzo's father, you know, still calling for justice. And the brother is saying that um, they, they don't believe that the police have the right men. Um, he's saying that he believes that the five people that they have are targeted to take the fall for his brother's murder. Um, you know, he's saying that they are targeted because these people are already facing murder charges. Mm. One of the accused, the first one, is Mia. He, he has also two attempted murder cases in Fosforas court. And then you have the other one, Sisogushan Duli who was recently convicted of the murder of a counsellor in um, KZN. So, you know, when you look at it that way, you, you kind of see that, okay, he, he kind of has a point where he's saying they're already targeting, you know, uh, people who are already facing murder charges. So the family does not believe that they have found the right people who are involved in Senzo's murder. Um, which then the spokesperson, national police spokesperson, Vishen Aidu, said, you know what, if this guy says he has evidence, he must bring it to court. Yeah, he must bring um, it forward. Yes, he must bring it forward. He mustn't just, you know, speak to the media and, you know, um, which is true. Evidence, we need to see evidence. But as, then this again, has been dragging yes. for long, yeah? Mm, mm, exactly. The case has been dragging long. And I was going to say, then again, they must have lost trust now. This family is very frustrated. They must have lost trust in the justice system. It's not just for them in this case. Exactly. So for him to even bring that uh, evidence forward, he's probably wondering, maybe I should just take a different avenue and go straight to the media because this has been dragging. Yes, because he, he's even alleging that, you know, there was foul play in the case, um, you know, because previously the tough team uh, that was investigating back then, they had different evidence that did not include these five accused. So you see, he's bringing up such things. So maybe it's a case of, you know, as a family, you start to take the law to, in your own hands and you start investigating. Or you, you you call on a private investigator to start investigating because you are not satisfied with the, with the pace of mm. the police um, that, that that is taking place. As you say, there's no, uh, there, there doesn't seem to be a parallel with the yeah. evidence brought yes. forward because... There was a suspect that was um, identified three days after the murder, back in, in uh, 28th Yay. of October, 2014. Senzo Mewiwa having been killed on the 26th. That uh, suspect is not in this list of five. Uh, his name was Zanoku Lembata. In this, he emerged after the former police commissioner, Ria Piecha, offered a reward 
for information yes. on the suspects of 250,000. That Zanoko is not even named in this list of these five. He's not part of the accused. And it became almost like a circus because then there was a time when um, Chico Twala was saying on radio his son must come forward with the truth. Remember, one of his sons was actually there with uh, Kelly Kumalo and the sister when Senzo was killed in front of them. Even they, it seems they are not forthcoming with what really went down. It's a mystery. It's a serious mystery. And the way that it's been dragging so long to catch. The, you know, they, they asked Begit Pele over the weekend when he went to go visit um, um, the Peter Niceberg, who is a ward councillor candidate. Mm-hmm. No, you guys should be congratulating us for bringing you five acu- uh, the five accused. It means that, you know, we are successful. Five accused so, are questionable because they are saying, I mean, the brother, as you say, says he's got evidence that these are not the, the correct guys. One of them also who had refused at some stage to take the stand in court because he was saying, I'm not going to talk because I haven't done anything. Uh, that uh, accused him, Togozisima Pisa, uh, who claimed that uh, the people who should be in court are not present because they have paid their way to not having to account. And he was saying that they have money. So there's a lot uh, that doesn't make sense, as you say. And when when we look at it this way, as I think, like, if there are hands or people in high positions that are involved in this, because it's looking dodgy by the day. And if yeah. you truly have evidence, we would like to see that evidence presented in court. Um, it would it would be it would be good for the family and. It's good that the trial date has been set, um, you know, in April. Let the evidence come. Let everyone be probed um, and so that the family can have closure and that there may be justice for, for this murder. Since 2014, and, and that's another thing. It's, it's still dragging. As you say, now it's been moved to April next year. Another six months it's going to take, and we don't even know if it will be closed at that yes. case, at, at that time. It's become a cold case, really. And, and what I wonder is, I mean, we know with murder charges or murder cases, 48, the first 48 hours are very crucial in the murder case. In South Africa, I guess it's 72. And as, as we say, in, on the 26th of October, uh, Senzo was shot while sitting at uh, his girlfriend, Kelly Kumalo's mom's house couch. The sister yes. was there also. Then the day after that, the police found a dreadlock that was belonging to one of the attackers the following day. So yes. that wasn't even 24 hours later. And then a suspect identified after that. They seemed to be on the right course in terms of how to deal with murder cases, if we're saying 72 hours are crucial after the incident. And then what happened? And we actually were were thinking that, oh, wow, you know, this was swift. This was quick. And then they said they let the accused go um, because not enough evidence. And the the stories or the the statements from the, the witnesses in the house were conflicting. Because one was saying, no, it's two guys. The other one is saying, no, it was this other guy. So if it was a hit, then the police should be able to investigate fully and see what exactly went down. Mm. What, what, what is so difficult? What's going on? It does, it does mm. leave many, many um, a lot to, to, to question. And, you know, they do say the father passed on because of a broken heart. 
I mean, I mean, yes, it, this is just, it's heartbreaking. And unfortunately, as it's not just people like Central Mary, it happens also, you know, to the ordinary citizens of the country where cases run cold. And mm. because, you know, their stories are not in, in media, um, nothing comes of it. Which makes it more suspicious, I think, for me, the fact that this is a high-profile case and it's still yes. not being resolved, as high-profile cases would be given more, not that it's right, but they would be given more attention and yes. uh, resources. As we yes. said, Fisoku uh, Lentuli, one of the accused, the alleged hitman, I mean, we're talking about the irony of his name last week as a hitman, Fisoku and today, <laughs> you know, he's come up again uh, and that... But also, is it just, you know, easy to add him as yet another killing? Because, I mean, he's had many killing cases against him. So, I mean, he's already facing sentencing anyway. Would that not be an easy thing to have him part of this? So you can negotiate him with, I mean, easier with him because he's got nowhere to go from here, really. Exactly. He's already serving time. He's already been convicted in the one case. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking very questionable. I, I cannot wait to see when the trial starts. I want to see that evidence that the brother says he has. Um, You know, it would be really good to see Mm. what he has really in his hands. Let's talk a sh- take a short break and then we'll continue talking social media trends in the last 24 hours with Busisi Wekhatebe, social commentator. This is SFM Sound Awake. Our time now, nine minutes past four. Lanka. Trending news right now. Ten minutes past four, we continue discussing with Busisiwe Khadebe on social media trends. Let's talk hashtag elections map now. Khadebe, uh, the Mail and Guardian have launched a visual guide, allegedly, yeah. ahead of the local government elections uh, 2021. What is this? Um, so what it is is that um, it, gives you, it, it, it gives you the 2016 results. It gives you the AG's report per province. It gives you the results of which parties or independents, how, how many votes they got. Um, it shows you the fight for the big cities. So, example, um, the ANC, EFFDA, turning for Joburg. Um, and it, w- when you go onto the map and you hover on, example, City of Tuane, so mm-hmm. it will show you that, you know, the 2016 results is DA, ACDP, FF plus and then how the seats were awarded. So it gives you that view of, you know, just reminding you of um, the 2016 um, elections, how people voted. And with the AG's report, for example, with the Western case, it shows that, you know, the audit was not finalized at a legislative date, unqualified with findings, you know. But you know what I like about this, so what the Mail and Guardian has done? They're taking advantage, you know, and they mentioned that they've removed the paywall for the municipal elections until the polls close, so mm. so that, you know, everyone has access to our election coverage. But, you know, if you should want to subscribe, I mean, obviously, you know, after people see the work um, that has been put in this um, website, I don't think they will not get <laughs> some more subscriptions from it. But it's quite an impressive map. Is it? Is it not suggestive? I mean, if it includes even issues that people uh, will be voting on based on that research done previously. So what it does and what I've seen is just, you know, okay, I, I, I see your point of, you know, being suggestive, you know, 
because per province, it's you know it's got um, you know the clever captions like KZN eyes on the IFP, um, Eastern Cape the looters sank too soon. So yeah, you know they 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 writing what they want you to see and know about the particular province and the municipalities of the province. So they'll mention the failings of that province and not necessarily you know the great thing. And why are they calling this a guide? I think that's my issue, the name, the guide, the, the using the term guide, because do we need help in deciding who we want to vote for? Like what you said, I thought it suggestive. Yeah. So, you know, with this sort of uh, the, the guide, it's a guide for you to see that, okay, whoever you voted for last time, it didn't work out. Change your vote. Basically, <laughs> it is suggestive. But okay, let's yes. leave it to be what it is. Um, it's supposed to be uh, journalism. In terms of yes. doing research, I don't know why we couldn't do our own research and why it needed to be compiled into a in inverted commas guide. But uh, let's talk the IEC while we're on that. I mean, the Independent Electoral Commission saying that it remains concerned about political violence in the build-up to the local government elections next week. This is part of our poll question. Uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is cause for concern. It is a cause for concern, Arthur, because every, every time, not just during election season, but there has been a lot of, you know, political um, violence and instability. Yesterday, the, 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 the Justice Crime Prevention Security Club ministers were briefing the media, and then uh, police ministers said that, you know, there will be um, some, you know, there are hotspots that have been um, recognized where they will, you know, have high security high-risk hotspots, and it's around 300 voting stations. So, you know, in those hotspots, KZN, obviously, because, you know, in the recent weeks we've seen uh, some people killed. Mm. Um, yes, there's the, the ANC guy and the two older women who are waiting in a line to go register. Um, so Western Cape is also there. Eastern Cape and Houting um, are going to be, you know, considered as, you know, high-risk hotspots, but KZN definitely coming in at number one. It's worrying us now because then it means it's not really free and fair elections or democracies. People are going to be resorting to killing each other off the ward list mm. or the ward council list. It's intimidation. Yeah. It's violence. And then what happens to us, you know, if we go stand in the queue, you're going to be scared. You're not even going to want to go cast your vote just in case gunmen appear and, you know, they start shooting as they did that time when people were standing in the queue. Yeah, and our time is 16 minutes past four. If you've just joined us, this is uh, SFM Sound Awake discussing social media trends. So the IEC Deputy Chief Electoral Officer is saying that there's a multi-pronged approach that they've adopted to help deal with some issues that might arise. What is this multi-pronged approach? Is this what Becky Kale, police minister, was saying that they're going to have additional police deployment? Yes, because the, the, what he just said, Moser um, just said, you know, they are concerned with the violence and, you know, um, it's serious concern again and then the violence uses to create fear in the community. So um, he, he didn't really go into detail, but it was, you know, after... The baby fellows were talking about, you know, what they plan to do. So I think it's part of that plan of, you know, having security, having 
police presence um, during a voting day. I think it should start when the special votes are casted in the weekend mm. and also on the Monday. I think there should be very high security um, in town. There should be police presence um, when people are going there to cast a vote. But I saw what happens afterwards. Because then again, yeah. you know, if people are fighting for power and seats, you can be voted in, but you can be attacked again and shot and killed, you know, so that you are removed. So it's a temporary measure during the election. What happens afterwards? Because this is a long-term problem. So what is the long-term solution? Hmm. Question marks. Eh? Our, our topics today have question marks in jail all over, huh? <laughs> Heinz Winkler now is the last uh, topic. Uh, he, this singer, former okay. idols, former SA idols, who's now become a pastor, he's come mm. under fire. Angry followers and fans are not uh, impressed with him because apparently he got involved in a transgender school row. What exactly happened? So, um, the, the, the former idols winner, he, he led a protest group um at a school so what happened is that this school according to the media the parents of the student they requested that the school treats the pupil as a female so in terms of wearing uniform mm-hmm. and their identity so the sgb the school governing body agreed but then a number of parents were not happy about it they disagreed so obviously then heinz led the protest with this group of disgruntled parents um, at the school. So when we say he so, led the protest, what does that mean? He he organized it or he was just standing in the front line? I think he was part of the organization and in the front line. So, you know, um, the spokesperson of the protest. Because, um, you know, he did respond to mm-hmm. the backlash that he received. He received a lot of backlash. Understandably so, because, I mean, the LGBT community, they do have constitutional rights and protection. So, you know, I mean, you can't discriminate and say they can't go to this place or that place. So, yeah, now he said Mm. he can see that a reasonable and meaningful conversation will not be possible in the public space. Where else is it going to be possible? (laughs) I mean, in his mind, where else is it going to be possible? This has come to public attention. So where are you going to have that reasonable uh, chat? No, he says, you know, public space, no. It should be maybe then in the private space. Which would, what is a private space? Your yeah, home, because the, the private home, space, uh, the church? yeah. Mm. And also mm. the private space chat did take place, as we say, the school governing body agreed for this child to change yeah. the uniform to the one that they feel is more fitting to how they identify gender-wise. And then yeah. when that uh, public, uh, that private um conversation took place, it still didn't yield the results that are representative for everyone. Exactly. And, you know, people are saying, okay, if you've got a problem, why don't you leave then? You know, leave the school. And, and some are even saying um, there's a there's an online petition um, that was, you know, created against time. And they're saying that, you know, he's spreading hate instead of spreading love. And then they're asking, you know, the father of four, what if it was one of his kids? What would he do? Um, so, in other words, he should put himself in the shoes of, you know, the parents of this child. So, you know, yeah, there are a lot of concerns.
I mean, yeah, it is concerning that there would be an entire march. And of course, now it's come to public attention. But I don't think I would go as far as saying he's spreading hate. I mean, he's a father of four. I would like to believe that there is a heart there somewhere. And also, I mean, he's a pastor. So we have to also take into consideration that there are pockets of society who are not as open and liberal. Let's be honest about it when it comes to issues of gender association. So if it is the case, I mean, everybody has their choice because then we can also say we're discriminating against those who are taking a religious view that transgender is not something they want around their children. Everybody still has a choice. So then, as you say, maybe then remove your four children from that school and find one that's going to be more conservative or more fitting to whatever it is that you believe. Exactly. Maybe then, you know, you and the group of parents who are disgruntled go to a school where, you know, you feel that your children's rights or whatever it is will not be infringed because of the one student. Why make the other child uncomfortable? Interesting one again. Another one. We're going to leave it with a question mark also because there's two sides to that debate. As we say, we support, you know, LGBTQI plus community members' rights. And then also we are in a constitution in South Africa where everyone has the right of speech. And there are, we know, pockets of society who still hold certain traditional and religious views that are not so liberal and open. Exactly. I mean, you find places where racism is still rife, you know. So, yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Just maybe finally touching on more uh, stories from the continent. Nigeria uh, launching the eNaira platform, uh, the electronic uh, payment system. There's, uh, I mean, it's Africa's biggest economy. They need to do that. They want 10% of their transactions to move to this pa- uh, platform, according to the central bank. But the Nigers are saying, but we've got internet connectivity issues and power cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they're biting more than they can chew here, the, the, this eNaira? I think so at the moment. I mean, they should be fixing other issues, like people are saying, internet connectivity, when there's electricity. They don't even have load shedding anymore, Asa. They don't have electricity. I mean, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not. They rely on power generators and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think they do have uh, a point there. Um, I don't know what the motive really is. Is it are they are, are they trying to outbid the cryptocurrency? Well, this is going to work like an electronic wallet, and the aim is that it's going to reduce cost of transactions. I don't know if that's on the part of banks or on the part of the consumer or both, but they are targeting ten percent at least of bank transactions to move to uh, eNaira. So, okay. I guess then it, it depends. If it's for the bank, then they, the bank is saving costs, but it, how is this going to benefit the consumer mm. at the end of the day? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, I don't know. Anyway, it's still in talks, and uh, we'll see whether they're biting off more than they can chew or if this is uh, something achievable. I mean, we talk about digitization, and that's the move we need to go to in Africa in terms of business chats. So I guess, let's see. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, because other than the issue is, you know, um, the Nigerian government in the past, you know, they did struggle with cryptocurrency. And they they, they banned it. Mm. You know, they banned it earlier this year. So now they're announcing this e-Naira. So I don't know. Yeah, like you say, we'll just have to wait and see how it's going to... How, how is it 
how it's going to work, yeah. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Tuesday yeah. to you. Thank you, I thank you too. Always great chatting to you. Khatebe is our social commentator, SABC digital content writer, joining us for social media in the last 24 hours, uh, looking back at that, our trending topics. Your good morning.